a presentation of high school sports on 1380 The Fan at 100.9 FM. The Indiana Physical Therapy Postgame Show live from Pizza Hut. No one out pizzas the hut. Indiana Physical Therapy, offering appointments within 24 hours and accepting all insurance and networks. Celebrating 35 years of service. Find a location near you. Good evening, Fort Wayne. Welcome to the Indiana Physical Therapy Postgame Show live from Pizza Hut. We are at the Pine Valley Pizza Hut just down the road, just down DuPont Road, in fact, from Carroll High School, where you heard our 1380 The Fan Game of the Week. It's rivalry week in the SAC, and in our Game of the Week, you heard Carroll defeating their rivals, the Homestead Spartans, by a score of 41-20. to My co-host, Brett Rump, will be here in just a few minutes to summarize and bring you all the action of what went down in that game, and looking forward to hearing about that one. But I also have a lot of final scores here for you on our H&K Chevrolet scoreboard. Again, that's H&K Chevrolet of New Haven, and they sponsor our scoreboard, so we appreciate them. Let's go ahead and give you all the final scores that I have for you tonight, this evening, in a lot of fun action on a Friday night of football. Let's start off in the SAC, where Wayne got the win over Concordia tonight, 45-6. to Bishop Dwanger, Bishop Lures, the Battle of the Bishops. Last checked, it is in overtime after Dwangle fumbled at the 14 with 20 seconds left. Tied at 21 going into overtime, still waiting for a final score on that one. It was Northside beating Southside 20-6 this evening, and Snyder getting the best of Northrop 49-7. Once again, our 1380 The Fan Game of the Week, which you heard right here, it was Carroll over Homestead 41-20. to in the Northeast Eight Conference, it was East Noble over Columbia City, 35 to nothing. Leo bested Huntington North this evening, 48 to nothing. New Haven over Belmont, 32 to 14. They remain undefeated in the Northeast Eight Conference. And DeKalb over Norwell, <laughs> DeKalb over Norwell, 49 to 27. In the Allen County Athletic Conference, it was Adam Central over Southern Wells, 49 to seven. In what might be considered the upset of the night, the Heritage Patriots get the win over the number one Bluffton Tigers, 27 to 21. It was South Adams just surviving over Jay County by a score of 23 to 20. We are looking for the final score of Woodland at Culver Academy this evening. If you have that final score, we would love to have you text that into us on our text line at 46862. On to the Northeast Corner Conference, where Central Noble defeated Churubusco 24-12. It was Eastside over Fremont 35 to nothing. Garrett defeats Fairfield by three points, winning 22-19. In a close one, in overtime, it was West Noble over Lakeland, winning 35-34. Lakeland missed their kick after the points, and West Noble made theirs, so it's a one-point win for West Noble. It was Marion over Angola tonight by a score of 39-14. to And Prairie Heights fell to Bremen. Bremen wins that game 34 to nothing. Those are the final scores that we have so far this evening. Oh, we just got a text on the text line. Bishop Dwanger 28, Bishop Lewers 29, a final in overtime. Very exciting stuff. So that's our full scoreboard for this evening. We're going to go ahead and take our first break. We're going to have Brett Rump here in just a few minutes. We're going to give you all those scores again. We're going to hear about the highlights from tonight's game between the Homestead Spartans and the Carroll Chargers, with Carroll getting the win in their rivalry matchup in the SAC tonight, 41-20. to 
So that's all coming up. We're also going to try to talk to some coaches from around the area. And uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Once again, we are at the Pine Valley Pizza Hut here on DuPont. And we invite you to come in, stop by, say hi to us, say hi to me, say hi to Brett. Have some delicious pizza, pasta, wings. It's all right here. They got the salad bar looking fresh, looking delicious. It's all right here. We're having a great time up until 11 o'clock. And we're going to take our first break right now on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Here's more from the Indiana Physical Therapy Post Game Show live at Pizza Hut, 1380 The Fan at 100.9 FM. It is officially week seven in the books in high school football, and we've got some pretty exciting scores. Not only in the Summit Athletic Conference, but also the big one in the ACAC tonight, where Heritage knocks off Bluffton, handing the number one ranked 2A team, the Bluffton Tigers, their first loss. And so the uh, the time at the top for the Bluffton Tigers, very short-lived, and now you've got a Bluffton team with a loss going into that game next week against Adam Central. They had no problem with Southern Wells. And so Adam Central remains unbeaten, and yet they're number two ranked in 1A because it just so happens that Indianapolis Lutheran just keeps pounding people. And then Bluffton, number one ranked in 2A, they fall to 3A Heritage tonight, 27-21. So a huge win for Casey Kolkman and the Heritage Patriots. And the game we just came from, the Carroll Chargers get a home win over the Homestead Spartans. Everybody asked me as I was leaving, how did uh, Homestead beat Snyder? Because they just saw Carroll kind of, you know, dominate the, the Homestead Spartans. And I said, well, there was one big difference. I said, when Carroll got up 17 to nothing, they didn't stop. And when Snyder got up 14 nothing against Homestead, it's almost like they felt like they'd already put the game away. And Homestead doesn't quit. They didn't quit tonight. They were down 17 to nothing, and if you add up the scores, from that point on, it was pretty much an uneven game. But uh, Carroll gets the win 41 to 20 tonight over the Homestead Spartans. A big night for Jimmy Sullivan, and not just through the air. It was Jimmy Sullivan on the ground, and we're going to be looking for stats on this one because uh, I would guess that Jimmy Sullivan might have had a career high in ground yards tonight after they lost running back Nate Starks early in that game. DeWan Green came in, scored three touchdowns on the ground for the Carroll Chargers, and Carroll gets a win that improves them to 4-1 and one in the Summit Athletic Conference. And again, Bishop Lewers taking advantage of a schedule that does not include Carroll and Snyder. And tonight, Bishop Dwanger, Bishop Lewers, goes down to the wire. Now, if you listen to my high school football picks of the week, you knew exactly how this game was going to go. I said that Bishop Dwanger was going to score a late touchdown to get a 28-22 win. Adam, it was 21-all. Bishop Dwanger was driving. They got inside the red zone. They were on their way to making me look smart. And as most teams do, they found a way to spoil it for me. <laughs> they fumbled the football. That ended up sending the game to overtime. And Bishop Lures, on a two-point conversion, gets the victory over Bishop Dwanger. And uh, have we confirmed that score? I know it came in on the text line, which always makes me a little bit nervous because people could text us anything. And uh, hopefully we backed it up and we confirmed the score. But it was 29-28 was the score that we had texted to us. But, of course, always want to get that confirmed before we uh, talk about it here. Northside gets the win of the totem pole game, 20-6. to Northside overcomes the absence of... Of Bronte Johnson, who was out tonight because he uh, had been ejected the week earlier, so he had to serve a suspended game tonight. But Northside's able to prevail, 
and still a pretty competitive game between Northside and Southside. And then Snyder bounces back after that loss last week, and they take care of Northrop easily, 49-7. to I don't know the biggest surprise tonight, if it's possibly that Columbia City scored 7 against New Haven and Belmont got 14 against the New Haven Bulldogs. That might have been a game where we saw some backups late. I'm not exactly sure. But New Haven did not absolutely dominate Belmont. That's one of the things with New Haven we've talked about. They they can be inconsistent. They can play up to their competition, but they can also maybe have games that are a little bit closer than they should be if it's uh, it's not the same level of competition. Belmont obviously has struggled this year. They are winless, and uh, New Haven beats Belmont, but only by a 32-14 to 14 score. I expected that to be a little wider margin. DeKalb gets the win over Norwell, an offensive shootout there, 49-27. And the game of the night in the Northeast Corner Conference, of course, was West Noble Lakeland, and that did not disappoint whatsoever. No, it didn't. <laughs> and so 35-34, the final. And I'm wondering if uh, Lakeland went for two to try to win that game. I'll have to check and find out. We'll find out. Because, you know, Lakeland might have gone for broke and maybe West Noble got the stop. 35-34, it leads you to think that perhaps West Noble had scored, Lakeland answered, and then Lakeland rolled the dice, maybe went for two. But we'll try to see if anybody's got a report on that one. Uh, and if you do know, you can always text us at 46862. I got it. It was an, a missed extra point kick for... That's just like what we saw with Leo in New Haven Yeah, so uh, a few weeks back. So missed extra extra point for Lakeland, and then West Noble gets the touchdown and scores. So Lakeland scored first, did not get the extra point, and then it was West Noble. So it was all the pressure in the world on the kicker for the extra point. Just yes. have to drill that one extra point to win the game, and West Noble gets it. West Noble remains unbeaten, and they are at the top of the NECC standings. Yep, shout out to their kicker, Nefty Silva, for making that Oh, I love the point. name, too. Nefty Silva? I love the name, too. That's a great name. There you go. All right, so we're going to be going through the scores, talking to coaches. We, of course, would love your comments. Now, are we live on Facebook tonight? We sure are. Facebook.com slash 1380thefan. You can watch the show leaving Charger Stadium or you're still on the north side of town. We expect you to come see us. I don't know where everybody is tonight. It's a little quiet here at the Pizza Hut. <laughs> normally, you know, normally we've got three or four tables, and then as the night goes on, you pick up more and more of the students from Carroll that come on out and maybe some of the families that stop by. We have got almost no one here, so please come on by and see us at the Pine Valley Pizza Hut. We're here up until 11 o'clock. They've got the salad bar. You can, of course, enjoy pizza, wings, or maybe pasta is your thing. It's all available here at the Pizza Hut at Pine Valley. We've got more scores and more coming up. When we return, a complete scoreboard, and we'll talk to some coaches about some big victories tonight. It's all coming up as part of the Indiana Physical Therapy postgame show, live from the Pine Valley Pizza Hut on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Here's more from the Indiana Physical Therapy postgame show live at Pizza Hut, 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Welcome back to the postgame show presented by Indiana Physical Therapy. We are live at the Pine Valley Pizza Hut up until 11 o'clock. I am Brett Rump with Adam Lundy. D.C. Hendricks is our studio producer. And throughout the night up until 11 o'clock, it's, uh, it's actually a pretty quick show tonight because we had a long game between Homestead and Carroll. The Carroll Chargers get the win in our game. Game of the week, 41 to 20, but real drama in the Battle of the Bishops. 
It went to overtime after Bishop Dwanger got themselves in a position where they could have kicked a field goal or gotten the touchdown to win it late in regulation, and then they fumble. You know, the football gods would not let him get a win after making that mistake. Bishop Lures goes for two, goes for broke in the first overtime after Bishop Dwanger had scored, kicked the extra point. Bishop Lures goes for two, gets the win. I know we got a question about going for two, and I think a lot of it depends on the situation, your football team, what kind of play call you've got and how confident you are in that play call, how much momentum you've got on your side. There's a lot of factors that goes into going for two. So it's not just, you know, analytics sometimes says, oh, you always go for two in the first overtime or you always go for one on the first overtime. Analytics, to me, don't take into consideration momentum, the confidence your team has in a particular play that you may have saved or have available for a two-point try. And so I think there's a lot more that goes into it. Sometimes it's just a good coach's hunch. You know, for Bishop Lewers, it's not like the whole season was on the line. I mean, I think the text, the, the message we got, you know, you've got the whole season on the line. The whole season's not on the line. Now, the whole season's on the line if you're in the postseason, if you're playing in the tournament, and maybe in the tournament you have a different decision to make because maybe you don't want to put your season on the line on a two-point try in the first overtime. But for tonight, well, I mean, Bishop Lewers, everything to gain, nothing to lose. If Bishop Bishop Lewis lost the game. How many SAC losses do they have, Adam? One. One. Everybody else in the SAC has at least how many losses, Adam? That would be one, Brett. One. So Bishop Lewis had nothing to lose, everything to gain. So I'm like, roll the dice, go for it. Might as well. If you feel like your team has the right play and it's against the right defense and you feel like you can take a victory... And it can get you one step closer to winning an SAC title, and it can win a rivalry game against Bishop Dwanger. I think if you're Bishop Lures, I think you go for it. I mean, it's like they're not ranked number one in this state. They're not, you know, it's not like everybody has one loss, two losses is going to put you out of the running. They had no losses. If they'd have lost, they'd still be in the running to share a Big, t- a Big Ten title, <laughs> an SAC title. But as good as the year has been for Bishop Lewers, maybe it would be a Big Ten title. Yeah, but, maybe. You know, beat some of those uh, <laughs> lower teams. Yeah, they uh, they might have a chance against Purdue and IU. <laughs> uh, but but the bottom line is, I'm I'm all for it. I have no problem whatsoever with it. You trust the coach in that situation to go with his gut, and if he feels like his team can take the win right there, go get the win. I don't like to play it safe, especially when you've got the ability to take the risk because you've earned that ability. You're the only team unbeaten in the SAC. Worst thing that's going to happen is you're going to have one loss and everybody else has one loss. So go for it. And Bishop Lewers ends up getting the uh, the two-point try that wins the football game, 29-28. to Let's go ahead and get a rundown of all of our scores. Find out what's happening tonight. We'll, uh, we'll get the scoreboard. The H&K Chevrolet of New Haven High School Football Scoreboard with Adam Lundy. All right, thank you very much, Brett. In the SAC, it was Wayne over Concordia, 45-6. to In the Battle of the Bishops that we were just talking about, it was Bishop Lures over Dwanger, 29-28 to in overtime. Northside defeated Southside, 20-6. to It was Snyder over Northrop, 49-7. to And in our 1380 The Fan Game of the Week, which you heard right here, it was the Carroll Chargers defeating the Homestead Spartans, 41-20. to In the Northeast 8, it was East Noble shutting out Columbia City, 35 to nothing. Leo shut out Huntington North, 48 to nothing. It was New Haven over Belmont, 32 to 14, and DeKalb over Norwell, 49 to 27. In the Allen County Athletic Conference, Adams Central continues their dominance, winning over Southern Wells, 49 to 7. In the, you know, upset of the week, I would say it's Heritage over Bluffton, 27 21. 
South Adams beats Jay County in a close one, 23-20. Still looking for the final score of Woodland at Culver Academy? If you have that score, feel free to text us at 46862 or on Facebook. And in the Northeast Corner Conference, Central Noble over Churubusco, 24-12. Eastside over Fremont, 35-0. Garrett wins a close one over Fairfield, 22-19. And in overtime, West Noble defeats Lakeland, 35-34. It was Marion over Angola 39 to 14, and Bremen defeats Prairie Heights 34 to nothing. We'll give you a uh, a post game scoreboard assignment like we do often. Sounds good. That uh, coming up on our next scoreboard, we're going to get bonus scores, and they will be Major League Baseball wild card scores because we've got both the Cubs and the Reds in a key wild card race and i'm sure that we've got some cubs and reds fans that are tuning in as they're heading home from high school football tonight just curious on how their teams did so we will check that out coming up but uh concordia stays winless with a 45-6 setback to the wayne generals and northrop still winless after they lost to snyder 49 to 7 and uh, these two teams do not meet each other so we're not going to have uh, these two teams guaranteed that at least one will get a win. So we'll see where it goes in the SAC. But how about the win for East Noble tonight? That is a huge win going on the road to Columbia City. You had to figure that Columbia City was a little bit angry after losing a game last week to New Haven that knocked them from the ranks of the unbeaten in the Northeast 8. And they come back home and then East Noble with a domination of the Columbia City Eagles. That sets up the showdown next week. And guess where we're going to be, Adam? Oh, we'll be right at East Noble. We will be there for the New Haven Bulldogs and the East Noble Knights. Kendallville be ready for us because we are showing up in force. We will have the uh, the full pregame show, Jim, Shannon, and Dude. We're going to have uh, game of the week will be East Noble, New Haven. And then after the game, we go to the Kendallville Pizza Hut. And don't forget, I think we're going to be there for the sports rush beforehand as well. Yes, and we will be there for the sports rush. So, I mean, we're going to make a whole day of it. Uh, yeah, we will start with the sports rush at 4 o'clock, so you want to be sure to check that out as well, as we'll be up in Kendallville next Friday with uh, 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. We've got a lot going on. We're going to try to get an update on what happened and some of the specifics of the game between the Battle of the Bishops, Bishop Dwanger, Bishop Lures. Lures wins it 29-28. But there's more to the story as far as how this game ended up in overtime, number one, and Lures' decision to go for two because there was a penalty, and that's the whole reason, I think, that we ended up with Lures punching it in and getting the two-point conversion. The penalty was a a big part of that, and uh, we'll get some details on that. We've got so much more coming up. We'll talk to coaches. Of course, uh, many big games tonight with Heritage getting the big win. East Noble dominating over Columbia City. And, of course, in the SAC, Carroll and Lures with big wins. So we'll get it all covered, and we'll continue to cover it up until 11 o'clock. You're listening to the Indiana Physical Therapy Post Game Show live at the Pine Valley Pizza Hut on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. A lot of drama, a couple of overtime games that ended up one-point affairs. West Noble, the one-point win over Lakeland, 35-34 after Lakeland had missed an extra point on their touchdown in overtime. West Noble 
they get the touchdown and they get the extra point. And West Noble stays on top in the NECC big school side. And a uh, big one on the south side of town at Lures Field as the Bishop Dwanger Saints fall to the Bishop Lures Knights 29-28 in overtime. Joining us, our good buddy Justin Kenny from Caleb and Kenny in the morning. And he was at this game. And, Justin, uh, there was a lot more than just knowing the score of this one. Bishop Dwinger had their opportunities and uh, somehow didn't make the plays they needed to. Evening, gentlemen. Yeah, I mean, it, for Bishop Dwinger, it was what could have been. And the biggest, they had three turnovers, the biggest being late in regulation as they were inside the 10-yard line. And basically we're looking to just set up a game-winning field goal but it was a kicking game for Bishop Dwanger that struggled all night, missed the 36-yard field goal in the first half. A couple of PATs were shaky but fell through, and it looked like Bishop Dwanger wanted to get as close as they could to kick a field goal to win it in regulation or maybe even score uh, with its offense. Instead, it puts the ball on the ground, lures, recovers. We go into overtime. Dwanger scores pretty quick after a false start and then a five-yard touchdown run. And then Bishop Lures was able to grind out a, a touchdown, two per, uh, defensive pass interferences on that overtime possession um, called on Bishop Dwanger. One was on a third down fade, and the other was on the initial two-point try. It was incomplete. It got moved to the one-and-a-half-yard line, and then Mickey Daring right up the middle pounded it through the uh, the defense to score and gives Bishop Lures the 29-28 to win. But make no mistake, Bishop Dwanger had – a lot of opportunities to win this game. They just couldn't execute in the end. Is this one of those situations where Bishop Lewers kind of escaped, maybe didn't uh, uh, didn't play uh, as well or, or play better than Dwanger, but Dwanger made the mistakes that proved to be fatal? Yeah, and, and Bishop Lewers struggled throughout the game with, with guys going in and out, and they had three defensive starters out of the game, including their top corner and sophomore, Mikhail Woodson. And he would have gotten the assignment on Carter Minix, and Minix burned him early in the game for a long touchdown. But credit to Bishop Lures, they limited Minix the rest of the game and just basically forced Bishop DeWenger to go the length of the field to score and for the most, most part of the game. And, and Bishop DeWenger couldn't do it. Their tying touchdown was scored when Bishop Lures fumbled the football at their own 25 halfway through the fourth quarter. So Bishop Dwanger struggled to move the ball all night and struggled in the red zone. Again, those two red zone fumbles and, and a, an interception as well thrown by Ethan Springer. But uh, Bishop Dwanger had their moments, a, per, a great drive at the end of the first half that put them up 14-7 to with two seconds to go in the first half. But just too many mistakes, turnovers, penalties. And in the end, Lures was able to execute and get the victory. Justin, nobody has spent more time talking to coaches or athletic directors trying to sort out exactly how the SAC champion is going to be decided. Uh, and so I've got to ask you, because the way I look at it right now, Bishop Lures undefeated in the conference. They've got two games left. All they have to do is win one, and they've got Southside next week. So Lures can be assured of at least a share of the Summit Athletic Conference if they're able to get a win next week. Am I right? You are correct as far as I understand it, Brett, but it seems like it changes weekly on how we understand this thing. But <laughs> uh, Basically, it is your conference record, and of the seven games that you've played, not counting weeks one and two, that means Wayne Northrop in week two does not count as part of the SAC standing. It doesn't matter who you play, what division you're in, the best record wins the SAC. 
And right now, with Bishop Lewis still the lone undefeated team, if they can win to next week, as far as I understand it, they have clinched a piece of the SAC victory belt because Homestead with tonight's loss now has multiple losses. Even if they beat Bishop Lures, Lures still only has one loss in the SAC. So, yes, Brett, I think we're on the same page. It's just, uh, you know, you never know with, with what's going on in this league, but I think that is correct, and, and that sets up very well for Bishop Lures with Southside coming up a week eight. Are they using any tiebreakers at all? If there is, let's say there's two teams that end up with one loss and they did play each other, is there a head-to-head tiebreaker or is it a shared conference championship? That's one good thing in the SAC. They will break the tie if they can. So they don't do that in any other area league, even if uh, they tie and they play. So if um, if Bishop Lures and whoever ties for the conference or whatever, if they have played head-to-head, and they will break the tie. Even if a three-way tie, if they can somehow break it, if a t- one of the two, one of the three teams went two and zero against the other two, they will break it. But if they can break it, hmm. they will. If they can't, they will share it. What's interesting about this, Justin, is that Kyle Lindsay must have paid somebody off for this year's schedule <laughs> and doesn't have Snyder or Carroll on that schedule this year. I don't know how that worked out. But I'm sure there's something behind the scenes that I'm not aware of because I don't think that's a coincidence. I'm, I'm kidding. I'm, I'm actually joking, of course. But it does work out that it adds an extra wrinkle to this uh, conference championship because you don't have head-to-head to look at for Bishop Lures because if it's Carroll or Snyder that they end up tied with, they don't have a head-to-head matchup to compare it to. Exactly, and they can't break it. And I really honestly don't know how I feel about it. I don't know if you have an opinion too, Brett. I, I'm, I love the non-conference weeks. Don't get me wrong. But I'm just like, man, it's just it's an uneven schedule when everybody doesn't play everybody. And even in year one, we're going to have it impact the SAC champion. So I don't know if I like it. I, I, I like the format that the SAC is in. I just maybe think there's a better way. I don't know what that way is, but it's... It's just kind of weird that we're going to have one of these instances in the first year of the new format where it could be decided based on a team not playing certain teams as opposed to who they played and beat. I don't know. I'd have to look into this a little bit. But I'm wondering, if you don't have a head-to-head, then could you go to the next tiebreaker, which is common opponents, and look at who you played that's common during the course of the season and look at your record against them? I don't know how that would, because the one thing I wouldn't want to get into is where it's margin of victory or something like that, where you actually, you know, put value on a team just blowing somebody out, because I don't want to see that. But I don't know. It's interesting. And most most conferences, like you said, Justin, they don't bother with it. I mean, if you have the same record as someone else, you share the title and you move on. But uh, appreciate your call and having a chance to visit with you tonight. Have a great weekend, and we'll look forward to Monday morning with Caleb and Kenny in the morning. Uh, we'll talk to you then. All right. Appreciate it, fellas. Have a great weekend. Yep, that is Justin Kenny joining us here on the postgame show. Let's go ahead and get a rundown of all the scores, checking the HNK Chevrolet scoreboard with Adam Lundy. All right. Thank you very much, Brett. We're going to start off in the SAC where Wayne got the win over Concordia, 45-6. to It was an overtime thriller between the Battle of the Bishops and Bishop Lures gets the win in overtime, 29-28. to It was Northside over Southside in the Battle of the Totem Pole, 20-6. to Snyder big over Northrop, 49-7, to and in our 1380 game of the week, which you heard
scored right here. It was Carroll over Homestead, 41-20. to In the Northeast 8 Conference, it was East Noble shutting out Columbia City, 35 to nothing. Leo also blanked Huntington North, 48 to nothing. It was New Haven defeating Belmont, 32 to 14, and DeKalb got the win over Norwell tonight, 49 to 27. In the ACAC, Adam Central over Southern Wells, 49 to 7. Heritage gets the win over Bluffton, shocking many, 27 to 21. It was South Adams just escaping with the win over Jay County, 23 to 20. Still looking for the final of Woodland at Culver Academy? Feel free to text that final to 46862 or let us know on our Facebook. In the NECC, it was Central Noble over Cherubusco, 24 to 12. Eastside defeated Fremont, 35 to nothing. Garrett wins a close one over Fairfield, 22 to 19. In overtime, West Noble gets a one-point win over Lakeland, 35 to 34. It was Marion defeating Angola, 39 to 14 tonight, and Bremen gets the win over Prairie Heights, shutting them out, 34 to nothing. You asked for those MLB scores that affect the wild card standings tonight, and I have them for you. It's the top of the ninth in Milwaukee, and the Cubs have tied the game at three runs each between them and the Brewers. The Reds are all over the Cardinals in St. Louis tonight, 19 to 2, bottom of the eighth. The Astros and Diamondbacks, Diamondbacks, one of those wild card teams, they're scoreless in the bottom of the fourth. Mariners and Rangers in Seattle, also scoreless, bottom of the second. The Marlins get a four to three win over the Pirates today. That's, that's good. It, that's that's, good. Yeah, we'll leave it yeah. there. All we need are those National League scores just to see how the Reds and Cubs are faring in that wild card chase. By the way, I'll give you stat of the night. I mentioned Jimmy Sullivan and how impressive he was with his legs rushing the football tonight. 200 yards rushing. He had 21 carries for 200 yards, averaged 9.5 yards per carry. And to top that off, he ended up throwing for an additional 235 yards, 435 yards of total offense by Jimmy Sullivan, completing 22 of 31 passes through the air. Absolutely standout performance from Mr. Sullivan tonight. You know, being a dual threat, he's able to run, he's able to throw. Uh, huge reason why Holmes or why Carroll got the win tonight. Yeah, and uh, and we also mentioned Dewan Green, who came in after Nate Starks was injured. 13 carries for 82 yards on the ground. He had three touchdowns and a 6.3 yards per carry average. So a good night for Sullivan and for Dewan Green. Now the concern for Carroll is going to be the health. Justin Anderson didn't look good for him. He was on crutches uh, after being injured in the first quarter. And then you had Braden Steely left the game. Uh, he was out the remainder, did not have his helmet. And so you wonder if that could have been a, you know, one of those concussion type protocols. We don't know. We have no report at all on Braden Steely. Uh, but also Nate Starks went out of the game with an injury as well and did not return. So health could be an issue for the Carroll Chargers moving forward, but they do get the 41-20 to win over Homestead tonight. We'll take a break. We'll come back. Plenty more on the Indiana Physical Therapy postgame show live from the Pine Valley Pizza Hut on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Brett Rump with Adam Lundy, and joining us right now on the guest line, coach of the Heritage Patriots, Casey Kolkman. They get a 27-21 win over previously unbeaten and number one ranked the Bluffton Tigers tonight. Really good win. And, uh, Coach, first of all, congratulations. Really impressive win on your home turf tonight against a really good Bluffton squad. Yeah, thanks, Brett. Appreciate you having me on. Uh, boys played great. And uh, we've been good at home this year, that's for sure. And it was our senior night, and we have quite a few seniors. So it was good to see them dig in and get the win. How did your team handle 
what had to be a great disappointment and maybe a little bit of a humbling against Adam Central because you bounce back now, got a non-conference win against LaPel, big win against Bluffton. That could really shake the confidence of a lot of teams, but your team seems to have responded pretty well to it. Yeah, it can because we, I mean, that was as confident as we had felt going into an Adam Central game since I've been here, and uh, it didn't play out. It played out like all the others, you know. So um, it, it was tenuous there. You got to make sure you keep your team together, and you don't want, like you said, you don't want the doubt to creep in all of a sudden out of nowhere because you know it was still only our first loss. I mean, we were still four and one at the time. We still played, beat some some decent teams, and uh, so. You know, to come back and beat LaPelle, who's a very athletic, good team, and then obviously tonight is is uh, is impressive by these young men for sure. Did you remember to tell Bluffton after the game in the handshake line, "Good luck, best of luck, and uh, hope you go get them next week"? <laughs> well, yeah, that's. I don't think anybody realizes that. I don't think we talked to the boys about it at our team meetings. That you know, hey, our first goal, and I think everybody's first goal is to win their conference, right? So. You know, we lost to AC, and I told the boys, hey, look, if you go beat Bluffton and then we win out, you know, we still got two more conference games to win. And uh, if we went out in the conference and if somehow somebody sneaks up and bites AC, you know, we tie for, for conference. So it's, it's still not out of the realm of possibility. So that kind of gave them a little bit more motivation, I think, and some incentive to, uh, to finish this thing out the right way. What were keys tonight and some of the players that stood out for you with their performance? Uh, well, we jumped on him early. Uh, big drive, went up 7 nothing right to start the game. Um, um, Kobe Meyer obviously was dynamic like he always is. He's, a, he's just a good, solid high school football player, you know. And um, Huge punt return by Braden Walter. He's our starting free safety. He's been doing great on returns for us all year, and that gave us our second touchdown, uh, put us up 14 nothing. Um And then halftime, I mean, we're up 21-7 at half, and you know, Buffalo starts coming back, and they're pounding the ball at us. We can't get our defense off the field, and they scored a couple of times, and now it's 21-all. And, and then we got the ball back with, I don't know, maybe four or five minutes left, and our offense went right down the field. Not right down the field, but just put a drive together and marched down the field, and I think we scored with about a minute left and put us up 27-21. So, and we ran the ball in that last drive, so i got to tip my hat to, to our offensive line um, and you know, Buckley was prepared, and they geared to stop Kobe. And we ran Kobe in that last drive. And so it's a credit to our offensive line to be able to, to do what we wanted to do and be who we are and not let the defense dictate what we were going to do. So um, probably that, those, that group, Kobe, Braden, and their offensive line. You know, Coach, everybody wants to be playing their best football week 10. And you look at your season. You played really good football really all year. And right in the middle of it, you got that 38 nothing loss to Adam Central. But how do you feel about where your team is at now and the progress you're making as you're working toward that week 10 and tournament play? Now, that's twice now, Brett, that you brought up that loss to Adam Central, okay? <laughs> but, no, you know, I mean, we're, we're a good football team, and that's not – that's not me bragging. I mean, we got a solid football team. And and so sometimes when you have a good team and, and you're undefeated, sometimes you start feeling yourself a little too much, start thinking maybe a little better than you are. So here I think you were exactly right. Adam sense the loss was humbling. You know, kind of put us in our place a little bit. Like, hey, guys, that's, that's state level. That's state level. That's what Adam Central is. They play at the highest level in the state of Indiana. I said, so if you have any thoughts or hopes or dreams, 
we got to be able to play at that level. And we weren't there yet. And so everything since then has been about trying to get to that level. And uh, the boys have responded. Now, you know, or, or do I want to play at him Central again? No. <laughs> you know, I mean, man, that's a good football team. I wouldn't necessarily want to have play him again. But give me, give us a couple more weeks. You know, give us a few more weeks. Let us play some more games. Let us keep getting better. And then, we'll, you know, then we'll line up and play anybody. I want to talk a little history. Do you know if there has been a last time and if there was a last time when it was that Heritage knocked off a number one ranked team in the state of Indiana? You're not going to believe this, but uh, Coach Dean Lehrman, who was a head coach here, he's also the head baseball coach. He's on our coaching staff. And that question came up in the office after the game, and I believe it was in the 2000s. Heritage was ranked number two. Lewis Cass was ranked number one, and Heritage beat Lewis Cass. But but Heritage was 2006. It was 2006. So, But Heritage is ranked number two. Now, the question I had after that was, has an unranked heritage team ever beat a number one team? I don't think that's ever happened in the history of the school. So, you know, it's that's a pretty cool thing. And two years in a row now. I mean, last year we knocked off South Adams. South Adams is ranked, I want to say, two at the time in, in 1A. Um, so, you know, this team has really made a lot of progress and, and handling, getting better at handling big games. You know, getting better. Congrats, Coach. A big win tonight, and uh, got to be really proud of your guys getting that tough, hard-earned win against Bluffton, and best of luck on a couple of road games to finish up the regular season. Appreciate you having me on, Brett. Thank you, man. Thanks for all you do for football in the area, buddy. Appreciate it. That is Casey Kolkman, coach of the Heritage Patriots, 27-21 winners over Bluffton. We'll take a timeout. We'll come back. We've still got more up till 11 o'clock. It is the Indiana Physical Therapy postgame show live from the Pine Valley Pizza Hut, 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Here's more from the Indiana Physical Therapy postgame show live at Pizza Hut, 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Week number seven, now in the books in high school football, and we'll get a scoreboard. We're going to also look at the current standings, up-to-date standings around some of our area conferences. But to get that started, we've got to take a look at the H&K Chevrolet scoreboard with Adam Lundy. All right, thank you very much, Brett. Let's start off in the Summit Athletic Conference where it was rivalry week. Wayne got the win over Concordia, 45-6. to In an overtime thriller, the Bishop Lures defeat the Bishop Dwanger Saints, 29-28. to It was Northside over Southside, 20-6. to Snyder gets the best of Northrop, 49-7. to And in our 1380 Game of the Week, which you heard right here, it was Carroll over Homestead, 41-20. to In the Northeast State, East Noble over Columbia City, 35 to nothing. Leo defeats Huntington North, 48 to nothing. New Haven over Belmont 32-14 and DeKalb beat Norwell 49-27. In the ACAC Adam Central over Southern Wells 49-7. Heritage gets the win over Bluffton tonight. We just heard from Casey Colquin. It was Heritage winning 27-21. South Adams over Jay County 23-20. Still looking for the final of Woodland at Culver Academy. Feel free to text that final to 46862 if you have it. In the NECC Central Noble over Cherubusco 24-12. Eastside over Fremont 35 to nothing. Garrett wins a close one over Fairfield, 22-19. In overtime, it was West Noble winning by one over Lakeland, 35-34. Marion defeated Angola tonight, 39-14. And Bremen defeated Prairie Heights, 34-0. Quick update on those National League teams competing for a wild spot. It's the bottom of the ninth, and the Cubs and the Brewers are tied. Brewers have a runner on first with two outs. And the Reds looking good. It's the bottom of the ninth, and they're leading 19-2 to over the St. Louis Cardinals. 
There you go. That's our H&K Chevrolet high school football scoreboard. Now let's take a look at where things stand seven weeks into the season as far as conference races. We'll start in the Summit Athletic Conference where you've got now two teams with one loss. Snyder and Carroll, both are four and one. Here's the problem. Snyder and Carroll are the two teams on the A division side that never get a shot at Bishop Lewers. And so Bishop Lewers taking advantage of the schedule and taking care of business as they did tonight against Bishop Dwenger. Uh, Bishop Lewers knocks Dwenger to three and two and improves to five and oh themselves. Now what's ahead for Bishop Lewers? Well, next week the Knights are going to be, uh, taking on Southside and that will be a home game at Bishop Lewers. And the final week of the season, a game that we're going to have here at 1380 The Fan on 100.9 FM, it's going to be Bishop Lures at Homestead. So uh, that's the way the Bishop Lures Knights will wrap up the season. But right now you've got Snyder and Carroll looking for help from somebody, whether it's Southside or Homestead, to give Bishop Lures a loss because uh, without head-to-head, uh, my understanding is that it would be a three-way tie if it comes down to that. And uh, you've got Bishop Dwenger and Homestead and Northside, all three and two in the SAC race. Now, what, would, what do we have going on in the NE8 conference? Uh, New Haven stayed unbeaten, so they're still all alone at the top. They are 5-0. and oh. And then you've got East Noble and Leo, both 4-1 and one. next week. New Haven goes to East Noble, and uh, that'll be a heck of a game, and we'll be there for all the action from Kendallville on our high school football game of the week. Uh, but you've got uh, Columbia City now 3-2. and two. After starting out with uh, three straight wins in the conference, Columbia City now has fallen back-to-back to New Haven and to East Noble by a combined 56-7. to seven. Yeah, and their next game isn't a slouch either. They'll be facing the Leo Lions in Leo. Yeah, this is always the part. I mean, you go back years, years with Columbia City. And this has been kind of typical for Columbia City is they start out so great, they sit at the top of the conference, then all of a sudden they run into that gauntlet where they have to take on the uh, New Haven, East Noble, Leo portion of their schedule. And, of course, end it with teams like uh, Norwell. Norwell down a little bit this year. ACAST, it's all going to come down to him next week with Bluffton. One loss now in the conference. And Adams Central with Heritage now in the mix with only one loss. Well, that will do it for another Friday night of high school football. It's been a great night. We hope you enjoyed our 41-20 Carroll win over Homestead in our high school football game of the week. Big thanks to our guests, Casey Kolkman and Justin Kenny, for joining us. Thanks to Adam Lundy, our scoreboard operator, and D.C. Hendricks back in the studio. That does it for the Indiana Physical Therapy postgame show. I am Brett Rump. Have a great weekend. Podcasts by Federated Media.